Welcome to the LDN Radio Show, brought to you by the LDN Research Trust. I'm your host, Linda Elsigood. I have an exciting lineup of guest speakers who are LDN experts in their field. We will be discussing low dose naltrexone and its many uses in autoimmune diseases, cancers, etc. Thank you for joining us. Today I'd like to introduce our guest, Sita from Canada, who's going to share with us her um, POTS and EDS story. So if you'd like to tell us your journey to how you got to where you are today, you can take your time in your words, your story. Thank you. Okay, thank you for having me. Um, it's wonderful to be able to share this story. Um, and my hope is that other people find answers quicker than I did um, and learn from, from this journey. So I just turned 48 and I got diagnosed with HEDS, hypermobile Ehlers-Danlos, just within the last two years. Um, before that, my life, I was always high maintenance. I always said, I'm allergic to adrenaline. <laughs> and I got tired out quicker, but I wouldn't, that wouldn't stop me. I would just do what I could and rest in the background. And um, yeah, I always, I always felt that I was different. And I even recognized in one of my siblings that her and I seemed to be kind of similar. And whereas the other siblings were a little bit more robust and we were just a little bit more delicate. Um, so I studied nutrition in uh, when I moved to Australia uh, when I was about 30. And that opened up um, trying to find a lot of answers um, through lifestyle. And I'm so glad I did that because through the next years, as I sort of, you know, just wore down a little bit more, all those things that I implemented, like a gluten-free diet, um, learning about anti-inflammatory foods and taking supplements like activated B vitamins. Um, those things were all very stabilizing for me. And I, I was amazed what a difference it made. Um, fast forward to a couple years ago, five years ago now, um, I'd already gone through chronic pain that I sort of was able to, after seven years, get on top of. Um, a sports doctor in Australia diagnosed me with hypermobility in my hips and she offered me cortisone injections, but I didn't want to do that. And cause I was into holistic stuff. So I thought I'm going to try glucosamine and all these arthritis kinds of things. Um, who'd have thought that back pain was a joint problem, right? So when I did that, I got I actually got better quite quickly and quitting gluten at that time was a big help, but I didn't look further into the hypermobility. Um, I just always, I saw an osteopath. I took good care of my health. I learned how to exercise in just the right way so that I wouldn't be in pain. And I found that the stronger I got, as long as I maintained muscle, I felt better. So at a time when I'd sort of atrophied, when I was in really bad sciatic pain and I stopped doing everything, I was at my worst. I was like a bag of bones walking, just so weak. Um, so I, I learned that on my own. I figured that out and I figured out exercise, the right diet, 
and I did okay. But a few years ago when I moved, uh, a big overseas move due to a family crisis and my body just completely broke down like it hasn't broke down before. Um, I, I don't know if there was a virus involved at that time. There was sort of, I don't know if the virus triggered something, but after October, 2018, probably about six months later, I just wasn't myself. Um, prior to that time, I'd been uh, running an online nutrition program. I made a cooking show in Australia that's still out there, Eat and Love. And, um, and I was very creative, able to write eBooks, able to do Instagram posts and videos and share the nutrition information I had. And I was really passionate about it. I needed to rest after talking at events, um, but I was, I, I found a way to do it. And that changed after I moved back here. Um, and I took custody of my niece. So became a mom again. <laughs> And um, to a quit to a little one, and then just just the move and some stressful things that happened. I yeah, my body just I I just completely changed, and I didn't know what it was. And I was in the doctor, um, talking to her. I got hormone testing done uh, through which I ordered myself through Genova. Um, my hormones seemed okay, but my cortisol was high. I went and got a brain scan. I was looking up all these alternative things. Um, it showed that I had a nervous system like people with PTSD. So I thought, okay, I guess I have PTSD. Maybe the stress of everything has finally caught up, caught up on me. Um, I guess thing, but I wasn't improving. Like I wasn't, none of that was helping me get better. So I was tired. I, I struggled to do housework. Um, I struggled to make it through the day without a nap. I every day, every day at five o'clock when I was cooking dinner, I was just like snappy and jumpy. And I, my uh, therapist thought maybe something happened in my past. <laughs> and that was, it was a PTSD thing. So I was noticing so much, but, and talking to different health professionals, but there weren't any answers. I was just going in this, rolling along in this um, vortex spiraling and um, eventually my sleep just got so bad um, that was so lo loss of creative um, thought and then severe insomnia were my worst symptoms now the interesting thing is those aren't what people doctors are looking for for people with POTS doctors are looking for fainting and lightheadedness and those were not number one for me but I got an Apple watch in maybe so in December of a few years ago right before I got diagnosed with um with POTS oh, excuse me a sec uh and the Apple watch showed I went snowboarding like I think it was my first or second time and I was huffing and puffing and I realized after the day my heart rate was 185 and I thought that's really high. <laughs> and then I started to watch it. And I noticed that when I did Pilates, that my heart rate was lower when I was doing the recumbent on the mat stuff or lying down. And then it spiked up when I got up. So I made a doctor's appointment, told this to my GP. Um, 
And luckily she knew one other patient with POTS. And she said, have you ever heard of POTS? And I had never heard of it. And I, I'd been talking about the nervous system and learning about adrenal burnout, adrenal fatigue, the stuff that holistic practitioners talk about. But I didn't know about dysautonomia and about the whole nervous system completely breaking and what that might look like. Um, so it was a it was a stroke of luck that she knew. And um, but that was only the beginning. From that point, she wasn't well, she didn't know much about it other than what it was. It took still a year to get diagnosed and get medication. So that next year was hell. Like the the delay of diagnosis cost me so much of my mental health. It was such a struggle to know that I might have POTS, but have to wait. I'm in Canada, so I had to wait four months to get the Holter monitor. And then after you get the Holter and check your heart, then you're waiting to see uh, internal medicine who's going to assess you before you can go see the actual cardiologist or specialist. Um, and through that time, I joined Facebook groups for people with this, these conditions and um, was able to identify one of perhaps the three doctors in British Columbia who can diagnose POTS. Because if you go to the wrong doctor with POTS, they're either going to say, it's, oh, I know about POTS. It's no big deal. Just increase your salt. Um, or they're not going to know that it can appear in so many ways. It can appear as a, it looks like a psychiatric problem. It looks like I had PTSD and anxiety issues. It looked like um, I was a tired mom. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm sad for the people that go through that. And I feel lucky that I had the health knowledge and some level of capacity to advocate for myself because it took a lot to the first internal medicine doctor I saw. Um, I was pretty convinced I had POTS. It was nine months down the road since I'd heard about it. I'd been tracking, I'd been learning and she didn't want me uh, <laughs> diagnosing myself at all. And she said, don't jump to conclusions. It could just be anxiety. And when I did the stress tests with her, um, I purposely didn't drink a lot of fluid that day because that was kind of fluid and salt was my only <laughs> treatment, self-treatment in the beginning. And I was okay if I had enough fluid, but not really. Um, but my heart rate was 200, just taking my top off to get the gown on. And then once it was up, it wouldn't go down. So it was clear in, in that that something was happening. And so she prescribed me a medication called Evabradine, which I'm so grateful that she was able to, that she knew about that um, because it's not completely tested on POTS patients, but it doesn't lower blood pressure. It reduces heart rate without lowering blood pressure. Um, and it's within two hours, I felt like a new person <laughs> taking that. Like I just, everything calmed down. I actually, um, what happened like was my, the insomnia was from having my heart rate so high all day 
and having no capacity within my nervous system to bring that down. So that medication that lowered my heart rate just took the pressure off that gas pedal. Um, after that, and after, so it took a few months, I saw a doctor in Vancouver and she, um, I sent her a video of a, a uh, what's it called? A poor man's tilt table test. I just did it myself and I tracked my heart rate and I took snapshots of throughout the 10 minutes, how high my heart rate was. And I sent her all this information, including all my watch data and all the things I was doing. So she just agreed with my diagnosis when I saw her and she agreed that because the treatment was working, there was nothing else wrong with my heart. Um, then, then that's what it was. And that was so validating and so comforting to have one doctor just say, you're doing the right thing. Yes, you're right. That's what it is. And this makes sense. And what you're doing makes sense. Because as a patient, it's just so, um, it's there's so much stress in being unwell and in being looked at like, I don't look sick and having these um, emotional reactions that make me look uh, unstable, <laughs> um, where it's my body's doing it. It's, I don't have a choice here and breathing doesn't work for this. Meditation doesn't work. I took a meditation teacher training um, and have been meditating since 2014. And none of that touched this. This is something else. Um, so once I got the POTS diagnosis, I started deep diving into all the research I could find. So Dysautonomia International is a great uh, resource for patients with POTS. And so many people talked about EDS. And I knew I had this hypermobile, like being associated with POTS. And I guess the statistic I know is that 70% of EDS patients have POTS somewhere around there, it's high. And so ED, so yeah, I wasn't sure. I, I honestly, I, I didn't know if I'd get a positive diagnosis for EDS. I thought maybe generalized, you know, uh, hypermobility or it's such a confusing thing to diagnose. So don't, I don't wanna go there, <laughs> but, um, but uh, eventually I, from, hearing people talk about it, I found a doctor in the Comox Valley where I live, who uh, has EDS herself and has a uh, special interest in it. She trained as a geneticist and works as a family doctor. And I went and saw her and I got six out of 12 on the Baton score. So that was a positive diagnosis. In that period as well, after I saw the cardiologist, I had asked because of what other patients were saying, I'd asked my doctor to refer me to a neurologist for kind of like intense neurological symptoms, which I think are partly explained by the EDS now, but like stabbing in my brain, um, feeling pain inside my head that wasn't a headache. It was the, it was my brain feeling it. Um, hot hands, hot feet, uh, tremors, internal tremors, uh, vibra vibrating through like the heel of my bone or feeling like I'm yeah shaking all over, but there's no, nothing's happening. 
um, yeah, so quite for quite a while, it was great to get the POTS and the heart rate under control, but there was so much more happening. And I was still in so much distress and my wonderful cardiologist didn't know anything more than the heart. So, but I, I, I was getting refused by neurologists and rheumatologists. The rheumatologist I finally just spoke to a couple of weeks ago doesn't deal with EDS. It, it's um, it's just crazy the bounce around that I've had for medical professionals here. Um, and I still haven't found a neurologist who will understand what's happening with me. Um, but I am looking because I think it's important to uh, be understood by doctors. Um, I don't think it's fair that I'm not finding people that understand and that I have to carry this myself. Um, but where LDN came in is in my deep dive of research where I thought maybe I should go find out about EDS and get an assessment. And uh, I was looking at, oh, there was so much information and in, in they Dysautonomia does like an annual conference and they interview 30 doctors and then they record all the talks and they're basically... Uh, for medical professionals or patients. So I came across one about LDN, one. And this is in like the third year or something like this is, it's not that long ago. So I started taking it last November, but I'd heard about it during that summer's conference. So that would have been the 2002 conference. And I wasn't sure. I didn't have an EDS diagnosis then. I, I was like, does this work for POTS? This seems like a, um, they're not, they're saying it might. It was, it just wasn't a, a guarantee, but luckily, so I tried to get into a rheumatologist in Australia <laughs> and um, he was booking about like four weeks out. <laughs> so it was such a short wait, um, but he couldn't see me. Um, I tried the dual citizenship card, <laughs> but he couldn't see me by telehealth. Um, so I asked my doctor, my GP, and she actually knew about LDN and she was happy to prescribe it. And I thought, why didn't you tell me about it? <laughs> but, but she didn't know. So nobody knows. We're all sort of in this place of not talking about it because we don't know enough. So information about this is, um, is power and it's life changing. So First, I got, I got the LDN uh, prescription last November. That week, uh, there was an event at a store where I do their social media, but I work from home and I don't go in. And it's usually going into the store and taking photos for, um, for marketing news. It is so tiring for me. And it is, so I have to really um, bank that time and make sure I could recover after. But that week there was an event and I went in and did everything and felt normal. And I, that was on 0.5 milligrams in the first week. I could not, I couldn't, I was so overjoyed. I felt like I was me. And from there, I increased slowly um, every two weeks by 0.5 to, to go uh, to titrate up very slowly. And the more I did and the more, the longer I was on it, the better I got. 
there was uh, the symptom, the side effect I had was, that was very distressing was with the Avacel filler. Sorry, my nose is all <laughs> seasonal changes um, and highly sensitive. <laughs> so um, yeah, the filler, the Avacel filler made me feel like I had stomach ulcers. So I was in so much pain and, and luckily in the LDN group, people talked about that and I was able to dilute my the, the stuff I had and then go back and ask for a new filler um, and my pharmacist recommended hemp protein filler because she had one other patient doing that same thing and it worked so um, so that's what we did then all that stomach pain went away and as I went up and in, in dose I guess it was like uh, the LDN was giving me energy and so it would keep me a little bit awake at night but it wasn't like my previous insomnia where it was um so stressful and like I was having like it was such a nightmare to be awake it was kind of just a little bit of a, a nuisance but it wasn't such a bad feeling and it would go away after a few days um so for me uh I I definitely responded really well and I I was really excited to go up and dose a uh, tricky part is figuring out what your dose is and um, I went up to 5.5 and then kept thinking, I don't know if I should go higher or lower. Maybe I was better at three. Um, and then I came across some research from a Danish study that talked about twice a day, twice a day dosing for inflammatory conditions. And uh, for me, I don't have any autoimmune um, markers. I don't know if my POTS is autoimmune or not, but I don't have the markers and I do feel inflammation. And I feel that a lot of my symptoms, oh, that's my cat and dog. <laughs> Just a big bump over there. Um, yeah, so, but I do feel um, symptoms of inflammation. And so that's been... So that made sense. I, I read that research and I went, well, I'm at 5.5 right now. Why don't I try three and three? And I tried that and I slept like a baby. I just slept perfectly the first night I tried it. And I've stayed on that. It's been it's been a perfect adjustment. Um, taking three milligrams in the morning and three milligrams before bed. And... You know what, it, I think that the most important part of what LDN has done is it's made it so that all this lifestyle stuff that I need to do to manage POTS and EDS, like I need to exercise, but I can't do that if I haven't slept or if I'm in pain or if I just feel so tired. So the LDN has given me back energy. It has helped me sleep. And it's like it's laid the foundation for my body to do the things I need to do and for those things to work better. Um, and not to mention being able to um, feel a little bit creative. I mean, I'm not 100% there, but there's definitely so much more. And, um, and it's noticeable to my family, my friends, my daughters. They feel like um, they have me back, Sita back. And um, that, like that, that's one medication that made such a profound difference in my life. 
um, I wish I, I wish I could say like it's going to work for everyone. I'm sure that for those of us, it does work. We want everyone else to try different doses and try it in different ways. Um, and I do encourage people to um, keep trying because I think that once you find the right dose for you, or perhaps it needs to be, perhaps it works when other things are happening too. I don't know. Like, it's hard when you do quite a few things. I'm like a, I, I like my blanket treatments. Like I'll, I'll take it all and maybe I'll slowly let go of some things and see if I can, but I want to get better. Like I'm, I'm very motivated to get better. So I, I tend to do whatever is, um, whatever makes sense. If, if, um, yeah, if I, if I have access to it, I'll give it a try. Okay, so before you started LDN, if you had to rate your quality of life on a score of 1 to 10, 10 being the best, what would it have been? Like a 2, 3. Mm -hmm. And um, it's interesting too because I, I thought that a lot of the symptoms were mental like it was starting to feel like I wouldn't say I've ever been uh clinically depressed but I was so down because I felt so bad and so my whole quality of life even having that little edge taken off my heart rate by that first medication that was such a relief that didn't give me quality of life back it just gave me it sustained me a bit, put a little band-aid somewhere. The LDN has allowed my body to start healing. And I feel that I feel the goodness now from exercise. So I can exercise for an hour and I've worked up to doing, um, you know, like very similar to what I did before I was really sick, which is um, sort of resistance training to make sure that I, but with very light weights, <laughs> but, but just a little bit of resistance training and uh, intervals. And I feel good when I'm doing it. Kind of can do like a little dance for a minute and pretend that being upright doesn't bother me, even though it's st it still does. I still have pots. I still have to uh, manage my energy and manage what I'm doing. But I feel more like, I feel like I'm healing. I feel like I'm getting better and better. And that's quite an incredible thing with something that's, I was told is untreatable. And then even when I looked into the holistic stuff that I think um, people with hypothyroid, there's, there are some diets and there's some lifestyle things that you can do where you can actually, you know, really put that into remission. But POTS is, POTS is different and because um, the nervous system is affecting the mind and the body. It's, it's this, it's such a um, widespread um, symptom, symptomology. That's not really a word, but that, like it just affects everything POTS once this has happened to your nervous system. And so LDN is allowing it, allowing my body to heal in all these little micro sort of ways to have a little bit more energy um to be able to exercise to sleep 
sleep. Like, yeah, that's what that's where the body heals, right? So thank God for sleep. And um, but LBN's done more than that. It's it's given me it's given me energy. It has taken I don't have those brain symptoms as often. Every once in a while, I'm so sensitive to the weather. <laughs> it's like the low, low and high pressure. It's like it's inside my body and I can just completely feel it happening. Um, but it's just, yeah, it made me so much more, so much stronger. I know you're on your healing journey. You're not there yet. But what would you say your quality of life is like today? Yeah, um, I think I'm up around a seven, eight. I actually something I had another I had another treatment done called the dual sympathetic reset and I I had to travel down to the states to get it done which before LDN I wouldn't have been able to do I I didn't go to my friend's wedding in Bali last summer because I was too sick before LDN and this summer I was able to travel down to the states and I got a a treatment that um reset my my sympathetic nervous system and it was amazing because we went down and, and did the trip with my daughter and my partner. And I just, it was so amazing to be well enough to go do that. And then this, the treatment, the sympathetic reset, which if anyone wants to look it up, it's by Dr. Eugene Lipov. And it's, it is a PTSD treatment, but the theory for me was that POTS and PTSD are both autonomic nervous system disorders. And so if it can help PTSD and my symptoms were so similar to it, perhaps it can help me. So we did the dual sympathetic reset. And since then, um, I guess like my, my daily steps that my watch tracks were around 6,000 a day, 7,000. Um, with the LDN and then since I've had this other treatment done I'm up around nine or ten thousand all of a sudden I can go all day but I also think that because I've been on the LDN longer I'm just getting better and better so it's being able to um, participate in life like it's be there with my daughter taking her to the zoo um, and be able to go out for meals and have conversations without feeling like I'm going to have an aftermath to deal with. Um, the aftermath now is, is very minimal. Like I, I might need to have a little bit of downtime, but it's not a complete crash. So yeah, I, I feel like I'm back to where I was before I moved over here when I was, you know, doing, doing talks and writing and um and really in my what's that word like when you're in your um you're just really being yourself in your element and I feel that some of that back so I feel happy I feel joy that's good well what an incredible amazing story and we wish you well with continuing your journey and we'll have to have you back maybe next year and see how you're getting on oh I would love that I would absolutely love that it's been a pleasure talking to you thank you so thank much for having me thank you do you take care bye-bye bye, -bye.
Any questions or comments you may have, please email me, linda, L-I-N-D-A, at ldnrt.org. I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you for joining us today. We really appreciated your company. Until next time, stay safe and keep well.